The Weighing Machine was created to help you, the financial advisor or investor, reach your long-term financial goals. Each episode, your hosts, Rusty Vanneman and I, Robin Murray, cut through the market clamor to find the time-tested principles that help investors succeed. The Weighing Machine is inspired by the classic investing truism attributed to Benjamin Graham. The stock market is a voting machine in the short run and a weighing machine over the long term. In other words, emotion drives short-term market movement, but fundamentals and valuations drive returns over time. Welcome to The Weighing Machine. Enjoy, and as always, let us know what you think. On the podcast today, the market continues its steady but choppy climb, and two former Fed chairs join the push for further fiscal stimulus. We will also discuss the biggest factors impacting the markets currently and what investors and advisors should do to weather the volatility. That's with our guest, Bob Baker, president of Advanced Asset Management Advisors, otherwise known as AAMA. Welcome to The Weighing Machine. I'm Rusty Vanneman. And I'm Robin Murray. Well, I think I've said a version of this every episode for the last few weeks now, but the market continues to rise steadily but choppily. What are we watching for in the markets right now? Well, I'll tell you what, we definitely do not have summer doldrums. There is so much going on in the market. I guess just sort of the quick bullet points is that the market remains resilient and uh, the market leadership this year still continues to be dominated by U.S. large cap growth stocks. I mean, we have seen a over the last week, I mean, actually small caps have outperformed, values outperformed, internationals outperformed. Um, I think one of the bigger takeaways right now is the dollar uh, continues to get weaker. It depends on which benchmark you're looking at. I mean, we just hit a new one-year low on one benchmark. We've got losses in various time frames. Of course, that would suggest that uh, international markets should outperform like emerging markets. They have benefited. It also means like real assets such as commodities would do better. And they've actually done pretty well, at least some of them. Uh, crude oil, for instance, at four-month highs. And gold prices are on the verge of new all-time highs. So interesting things to be watching for. Right. Well, the coronavirus continues its resurgence across the country. It's creating new hotspots in different states. Um, And there is increasing pressure on the government to pass further stimulus to keep the economy going. And two former Fed chairs, Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke, added their voices to the call recently. So what do you think is needed and what are the odds of something getting passed? Well, it's election year, so I would put the odds of something getting passed at close to 100%. Can I say 110%? It's an election year. So something's going to happen. I mean, the uh, the fiscal stimulus spigot is, is wide open and it's going to continue that way. And I also think because we're going to be dealing with a lot of negative economic and earnings data, of course, that's lagging, but it's going to dominate the headlines. So that's just going to give more impetus to the government putting out more stimulus. Now, as for the details, um, you know, it, it is it going to be tax cuts? Is it going to be extra money for... Um, uh, consumers. It's probably going to be a combination of all of the above. I mean, there's going to be debate, there's going to be discussions, there's going to be headlines, but ultimately something's going to get done. All right. Well, let's bring in our guest, Robert Baker, president of Advanced Asset Management Advisors in Ohio. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rusty and Robin. Glad to be here today. So let's start out by helping our listeners get to know you and learn a little bit more about AAMA. Can you tell us a bit about your background and your firm? Absolutely. Um, I started AAMA uh, back in 1999, and I actually started in in the investment management business 39 years ago in 1981 after I graduated from the Ohio State University with a degree in finance. I first started at Bank One and then worked with another advisory firm uh, through 1998. 
At that time, I formed uh, AAMA, which was 22 years ago in 1999. My business partner, Phil Volker, uh, who's been in the investment business for 44 years, um, and I have worked together for 37 years with the exception of three years. Uh, And that's when I left the firm to start AAMA. I'm very proud to say that uh, AAMA is one of, of the two remaining original strategists on the platform, which we uh, started on back in 2003. Well, can you, um, as you said, you've been using the platform for a while now. Uh, can you briefly run through some of your strategies available? Sure. Basically, AAMA has an aggressive growth, a growth, a dividend growth, a fixed income, and an international uh, model or strategy. And these primary strategies are blended together in various allocations, making up actually about 31 different portfolios on the platform. And the strategies, uh, our aggressive growth is on our growth, uh, but we also have blends like our balanced, uh, balanced income, uh, et cetera. And under each of those strategies, we have both mutual fund portfolios and ETF portfolios. And then at the same time, there's a domestic and a global variation of those strategies. So, Bob, one thing I think is really interesting, I mean, obviously, you've been managing money a long time, but and you and Phil have been investing together for almost as long as like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger have. How is it working with Phil for so many years? Yeah, that that's a good point, Rusty. Uh, actually, he and I are a lot younger than. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, I sure two guys, but I was thinking as those anyway. words were coming out of my mouth, it's like you guys aren't that old. I'm sorry, no, just no. experienced. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but working with Phil uh, has been uh, actually awesome, and we worked together for 37 years. Uh, again, there was a three-year kind of hiatus when I left and uh, started AAMA, and then uh, he left the prior firm and joined me in uh, 2001. But uh, the best thing about Phil and myself, I think, is that he and ha- he and I have complementary skill sets, which makes working with someone for that long even better. Absolutely. I think that's always the key in a good partnership. Now, you did mention, of course, I just want to like underscore it too, is AMA has been on the OPS platform since 2003. That's incredible because a lot of firms have come and gone. And obviously, the reason why you've stuck around, of course, is that the story has resonated, performance has been solid, and advisors and the sales team of love talking the story up as well. But one thing I want to ask, though, is, again, you have nearly 40 years of experience investing. What do you what do, what do you make of the markets in 2020, and how do you think it's similar or different than other bear markets? I think today's market is rather unique. And if we go back to 2008, for example, uh, back in 2008, that whole bear market and recovery was, uh, in my opinion, about the health of the banks and the overextension of the mortgage and the housing markets back in that cycle. And I think today, 2020 is about paychecks. And, you know, it's been about the incredible record of unemployment that's taken place in such a brief period of time. And then you look at GDP and it's declined in a record amount of time. And with the low interest rates in the U.S., uh, 
and many negative interest rates in other parts of the world, uh, you know, the U.S. fixed income market still looks pretty attractive to foreign investors. But the big thing I think we're facing going forward is the uh, record potential declines in company earnings. And we're starting to see that come out a little bit last week and uh, some this week where some companies are doing okay, the ones we would expect uh, that people still need to use and utilize uh, with the new stay-at-home environment we've all been through. But I think there's going to be a lot of negative surprises out there too. Well, Bob, you've written about several factors impacting the market currently, everything from corporate profits and interest rates to societal issues. Uh, What factors do you think are the most significant and why? In our most recent market commentary, we addressed a lot of these points in detail, but I think just to kind of go through and summarize them, the the pandemic stats, you know, every day they're being constantly modeled and remodeled and debated and, and, um, Everybody's trying to figure out exactly what they're counting and what they're not counting. And everybody has their opinion on that. And then the next factor of that is what the government's doing in terms of their social and business activities, in terms of trying to interpretate the data. And then the most uncertain part um, is what the agencies and the policies they're going to make people do uh, which creates really unknown volatility in the market. And, and you look at the societal changes, the civil unrest and the protests nationwide uh, have been growing. Um, and you couple that with um, the economic recovery that, that it looks like it maybe started in April. Um, you know, consumer spending, miles driven, housing activity, Capital good orders all have rebounded, but they're still below levels from a year ago. And, you know, in our opinion, the future recover will, recovery will likely be uneven and, and leveling off at some point in the future. Um, we've also had a number of fiscal and monetary policies coming out of Washington. And just the fiscal policies have equated to about uh, 13% of GDP. And now they're talking about another 9% potential. And you couple that with the monetary measures, which have been about 27% of GDP. So if, if, you know, we add exactly what's been done so far, that's 40% of GDP. And that's never been done before. And uh, in our minds, it leads us to questions like, is the stimulus really getting to where it needs to go? What's going to happen when unemployment benefits expire? Uh, what the future effect on the uh, will be when the Fed stops supporting the low interest rate environment that they have basically said they're going to support for about another year and a half? And if the uh, economy recovers and accelerates, there's a good chance uh, we're going to see uh, some dramatic inflation develop. But in our work as a sector rotator uh, in the equity piece where we overweight and underweight the sectors of the S&P 500, you know, we're a true believer that the lifeblood of stock market valuations are earnings. And we said this for a number, almost two and a half years of market commentaries, but earnings topped out back in 
late 2018. And they've declined basically since that point. And then here in the um, last three months, they've they've fallen pretty dramatically. So that, you know, 2021 earnings forecast are down 17% from what they started out being forecasted at in January of this year. And now if those numbers are realized, they're only going to be 3% over 2019. Um, and when we look at 2020 earnings, um, they're supposed to be down almost 30%. So, you know, as we all know, the stock market hates a negative surprise, but I think the market knows there's going to be some negative facts coming out. And so in some regards, we wonder if, if that's part of the reason why the markets come back up so quickly. Uh, right now, the S&P is basically up, what, 1.5% for the year, which is pretty phenomenal. The uh, interest rate environment, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Fed has suggested that they're going to remain accommodative through 2021. Uh, corporate debt's at an all-time high, and a lot of big companies here in the last three or four months have increased their short-term borrowings on their balance sheets just to make sure they have enough cash that they uh, – won't run out of cash as they burn through a lot, lot of uh, a lot of uh, money, and then you you throw on the quality of debt that has experienced a number of downgrades. Uh, we've had a couple corporate bankruptcies from some pretty well-known companies that uh, I think have really surprised all of us um, in general. And you know the volatility that we've gone through. Uh, I think is an indication of some of the trading strategies that are out there that tend to uh, sell in a declining market and buy in advancing cycles with a goal of trying to make a spread in between there. All those things tend to uh, make the extent and the uh, frequency of the bull market many cycles we've been in pretty dramatic. So that's all we have to worry about right now, huh? Exactly. <laughs> I, know. I know. So, I mean, that is a lot of stuff going on. And obviously, what should advisors be doing in this environment, giving all those cross currents? Well, I think, you know, tax harvesting has been a pretty popular um, uh, strategy to look at, although a lot of people probably have made back some decent amounts of their losses they've had so you know i think you probably have to wait till later in the year to try to figure out if that's a valid strategy or not but um, i think the big thing today is you know when you look at the s p 500 that six stocks make up 25 percent of the index and um, you know those six stocks being apple facebook microsoft amazon google and netflix so that if somebody's invested in solely in an S&P 500 index and they're thinking they're getting true diversification, they're basically getting uh, six stocks for 25% of their portfolio and the other 494 or 493 uh, are performing in a totally different fashion. So I think people really have to think about diversification. Um, you know, if you look at the uh, S&P today being up about one and a half percent, 
the equal weighted uh, S&P 500 number is still down 6.8% this year. So um, I think people need to be really cautious and rely on their uh, advisors to kind of help them through these uh, volatile times. So Bob, with all of those risks and uncertainty out there, what would you tell a younger investor who is nervous about investing in the current environment and uh, what resources would you recommend they turn to? Uh, that's a great question. The uh, I think the biggest advice um, I would give is be patient and don't make a major asset allocation change in a portfolio based upon one's emotions in the middle of a declining or advancing stock market cycle. Um, you know, you think about all the issues we faced this year, and as Rushdie mentioned it earlier, it's just a few. Uh, uh, actually, it's, it's a ton of them. Uh, and it's all happened in five months, four or five months. Uh, and I can't remember a time that we've had so many issues compressed into such a short period of time with the exception of maybe 9-11, uh, because that caused the airlines to have a huge problem and caused a lot of other concerns within the country at that time. But I, I think the biggest uh, thing is to be patient, and a new investor should absolutely work with a uh, their local advisor to help them build a portfolio and go through their financial plan uh, and structure a portfolio uh, based upon a risk level that makes sense for them. Bob, so I think I know the the answer to your first question here, but I'm curious about the the second answer. My first question is, so do you believe in active management? It sure sounds that way. And but yes. but yep. Yeah. So then what do you what should an investor look for in an active manager in your opinion? Well, I think um, one of the biggest things is tenure and experience. And I think it makes a, a lot of sense to um, look to a, a, a firm or a group of firms that have a lot of experience and, and been through a lot of cycles. Um, I think when you look at those firms and evaluation of their uh, disciplines, you need to look for consistency of returns. And the next thing is I would suggest people go through and read a manager's past commentaries. And if you can get you know, two or three years of commentaries in one place and sit down and read those for maybe an hour, you'll get an excellent read on how that manager or that firm thinks over time. And that's something that we always uh, make available to uh, anyone who wants to take the time and make the effort to read our cumulative market commentaries, because um, I think it gives a, tells a lot about a firm and the strategies. Yeah. Well, that's a good tip on reading. And since you mentioned reading, uh, a question I'd like to ask, do you have a favorite book you like to recommend to friends or it could be investing related or otherwise? Sure, sure. That's, that's a great question. And, you know, with, with the seriousness of what we all do during the day and, and, and uh, what I do, uh, uh, some of my reading is just done for fun. And I think one of the best books I've ever read is, and this might sound a little corny, but it's uh, Jimmy Buffett's book from uh, the late 1990s, A Pirate Turns 50. And that was just a fun book about uh, Jimmy flying his seaplane all over the Caribbean and the stories that he and his pilot went through to uh, 
take that trip. And uh, it's just a real lighthearted view uh, of the world. Uh, and also any of the Michael Lewis books and, you know, his first book, Liar's Poker. Um, I think that was probably one of his best books that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Those are fun ones. Yeah. I'm a fan of those. Okay. So um, getting back to AMA, what do you think makes it a great place to work? And what does the future look like for your firm in the coming years? Phil and I have always tried to grow the firm and, and, and have a staff that's long-term and has lots of tenure. And in fact, uh, three of our six other associates have been with AAMA for the last 15 or 18 years. So um, we try to make a, a, you know, a smaller group of people that would work together for a long period of time. Uh, we, we try to make it a family-friendly environment. So if people need to go do things with their families, they can do it. Be flexible on, on work hours and uh, and assignments, but we've always liked to uh, uh, attract what we think are some of the best qualified associates and give them the uh, wherewithal to get the job done on their own. Uh, so after 22 years, uh, AAMA continues to grow. Uh, we've been pretty effective in meeting the risk reward characteristics of our various portfolios. Um, and so uh, I continue to think and believe the future for AMA looks very bright going forward. Well, Bob, before we wrap up, you mentioned your commentary is available. How can listeners learn more about your outlook and your firm? Where can they go? The OPS website has many materials about AAMA and also our commentaries. If you would like more information, you can contact me directly at my email, which is bbaker at a-A-M-A mail, M-A-I-L dot com, or call me directly at 614-726-3622. You may also contact our national sales manager, Aaron Ploskow, at 614-726-3627 or A-P-L-O-S-C-O-W-E at A-A-M-A-M-A-I-L dot com. Well, Bob, actually, I do have another question, and actually probably is one of the most important questions that I forgot to ask early on, and that is, what is your favorite walk-up song? Again, a walk-up song is like that song if you're a, you're, you're a batter in baseball and you're coming up to the plate, they play that song on the speakers. And so just to give you a little bit of time to think about it is my walk-up song is a song from a group called Radiohead, and it's called I Might Be Wrong. So that is my walk-up song. So what is your walk-up song? Well, you know, I'm uh, in my mid-60s, so I kind of grew up in the, in the 70s. And the, I still was pretty young in the 80s, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, probably one of my favorite songs uh, has been uh, uh, the Pet Shop Boys' uh, Opportunities. And uh, it's just a fun, lighthearted song and had some good drums and guitars in it. So Nice. All right. That's pretty cool. Well, any closing words? This has been great. I appreciate the time today. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Bob. That's going to do it for this week. Hey, Rusty, take us out with your final thoughts. Stay balanced, stay the course, and be well. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to The Weighing Machine, and thank you for your time and trust in Orion Advisor Solutions. 
The Weighing Machine is hosted by Rusty Vanneman, Chief Investment Officer at Orion Advisor Solutions, and me, Robin Murray, freelance writer and editor. If you have feedback or questions about our podcast today, please send us a note at rusty at orion.com.